this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast and this sampath your host for today's episode the return of the taliban and the complete withdrawal of american forces from afghanistan has raised a lot of questions we've discussed some of these questions in different in focus podcasts over the past week we've looked at why the afghan army almost melted away so to speak we've discussed what the taliban's course of action is likely to be and we've debated india's options in afghanistan now including what kind of relationship we might have with the taliban regime but one of the things we haven't covered so far are the geopolitical implications of the american withdrawal the us is a superpower and its exit is bound to create a power vacuum that the other big powers in the region most notably russia and china and regional powers such as iran and pakistan will be scrambling to fill the departure of american troops and the closure of their military bases also mean that america is now more or less cut off from afghanistan by land and also by air since afghanistan is landlocked america's planes drones and missiles cannot reach it without flying over iran which is a tough call or over pakistan which may or may not give permission so it's a rather complicated scenario and to unpack the web of geopolitical issues linked to the uss withdrawal from kabul we have with us uh, stanley johnny the hindu's foreign editor stanley welcome to in focus and thank you so much for joining us thank you thanks sampat for having me here stanley to start with can you give a quick overview of what are the immediate and long term geopolitical implications of america's withdrawal from afghanistan sampat it is it is still an unfolding situation but i think there is an agreement among the strategic community that this is a very important historic development something that can be compared with in terms of the geopolitical you know significance compared to the iranian revolution of 1979 or even the formation of the kingdom of saudi arabia in the 1930s this something like that actually we have to wait and see which direction uh, this would take or what would be the long term geopolitical implications of the return of the taliban to kabul but i think there are early signals suggest that if you look at the world today because the united states as you rightly pointed out in the introduction the united states has lost access with its withdrawal from afghanistan and the return of the taliban to kabul it's lost its access to the uh, eurasian heartland so it's not only about afghanistan so pakistan which was an american ally during the cold war has completely turned hostile iran we know that uh, in 1979 the americans lost iran and the americans i think uh, have never recovered from this loss uh, if you look at their nuclear policy their policy towards west asia and north africa since 1979 one of the focal points has been on containing iran it's still continuing more or less and then this is happening at a time when in the larger geopolitical spectrum the the contest of the century is unfolding between the united states and the chinese and russia uh, over the last many years we know that uh, the americans tried their best to contain russia with the sanctions and then they threw uh, russia out of uh, G- g8 uh, especially after the crimean crisis so they've been trying to contain russia for the last uh, let's say 10 years or so uh, so russia is also now completely on the other side so what you can see is that there is a kind of an anti american alliance taking shape in the eurasian heartland 
including China, Russia, Iran, and Pakistan. And it was in this context that the Taliban are returning to Kabul and the Americans are withdrawing from Afghanistan. So Afghanistan was the last outpost uh, of the United States, of the American influence in continental Asia. So they have lost that. This also explains why the Chinese are keen on engaging the Taliban, despite the bad blood they had in the 1990s. Because in the larger geopolitical context, the Chinese see that the rising anti-American alliance can be extended to Afghanistan if there would be a stable government in Afghanistan that can be, accom that can be accommodated by other foreign countries. So that's why uh, Wang Yi uh, offered an open embrace uh, to the Taliban leadership in China. Uh, and then uh, the Chinese had also promised that they would extend their economic corridor to Afghanistan earlier in talks with the Taliban. So we see this, you know, anti-American alliance taking shape in, in Eurasia. And at the same time, the United States is withdrawing from Afghanistan and it is losing access to the Eurasian heartland. Uh, and then the American focus would be, you know, to shift away from any way they are from Afghanistan or from West Asia to so East Asia and Indo-Pacific, that would be the larger plan, game plan. But what we know at this point of time is that this will be a setback, at least in the short to medium term for the United States. Uh, and then the other major countries in the region, other major regional powers are trying to fill up this vacuum. Right. So there are two interesting uh, points uh, which I could sort of uh, sense from what you're saying. One, of course, is that both, not just the Western powers, but even China would be interested in having a stable regime uh, in Afghanistan, even if it is that of the Taliban. That is interesting, uh, which means that they would uh, want the Taliban to sort of uh, do not do anything to make things unnecessarily worse. And secondly, I was wondering, is, is the withdrawal by the U.S. due to some kind of a change in their strategic thinking or is it a, an attempt to cut losses? Because I'm sure American strategic analysts would also be seeing that there is an anti-American alliance which is forming in the Eurasian heartland. And, and even if they were to argue that our focus is now going to be on containing China, how do you propose to contain China by giving up what you already have to Chinese influence? Yeah, this is the major contradiction which I think the United States is facing at this point of time. Because I think the withdrawal is somehow, it's part of a larger strategic calculation that if you want to shift your resources away from West Asia and say Afghanistan, or let's say shift it away from the Muslim majority world where you were fighting, your, you're leading your global war on terrorism, etc., etc., to Indo-Pacific basically uh, to contain the rise of China. This is the larger strategic calculation of the United States. But the contradiction, as you pointed out, is that so in, in geopolitics, you know, the consequences of your action may not be as you actually predicted, because the, the contradiction here is that you are doing something. I mean, it is a classical security dilemma in international relations, because you do something to address your security dilemma. And what you do is actually deepening your security dilemma. So the Americans are trying to disengage from, I mean, it's not only from Afghanistan, it is also from West Asia. They are cutting down troops. They have already cut down troops in Iraq. They have ended combat operations in Iraq. They stopped American support for Saudi Arabia in the war on Yemen. They are also readjusting their troops presence in, in, in the heart of the Gulf. So I think this is part of a larger American strategy of shifting your focus and resources 
away from West Asia, Afghanistan, etc., etc., to East Asia, where I think the Americans are thinking that they are already late in addressing the Chinese challenge. Because when the Americans lost themselves in Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, and other parts of West Asia, the Chinese were slowly and steadily rising. Now, China is the second largest economy. It is, it is the world's largest navy. So you are facing that immediate threat now, America being the hegemon of the international politics or the launch superpower. So America is facing the heat. So this is the larger strategy. But while they are pursuing this strategy, inadvertently, that is making China's influence stronger in continental Asia. So that is what is happening now. And if you look at the American foreign policy, the evolution of American foreign policy, you know, the wars America fought over the last, say, 20 years, those were not necessarily uh, realist wars or wars you fought for your national interest. Rather than those were the neoconservative wars were driven by some ambitious ideology, American ideology, because Biden now says we didn't go to Afghanistan for nation building. So now he is trying to go a realist interpretation to America's involvement in Afghanistan. But that is, uh, I think that is a dishonest statement because we know the history. The Americans went to Afghanistan. If they went to Afghanistan for Al-Qaeda, the Al-Qaeda had retreated in 2001 itself. If they went to Afghanistan for Osama bin Laden, they killed Osama bin Laden 10 years earlier. So why did the Americans stay in Afghanistan? You know, 10 more years after Osama bin Laden was killed. Because the Americans invested themselves in nation building in Afghanistan, which is true. And George Bush had this theory that terrorism thrives in the lack of democracy. Democracy deficit is what he used. So the Americans at that point of time were driven by this neoconservative idea of interfering in other countries, exporting your, your idea of democracy, building institutions, and then remold the world according to your interests. So this was, uh, this was an ideological project. And that project is over, I think. So Trump kind of finished it off. Now Biden, Trump, let's say that he was an anti-establishment president, Republican, far-right president. But Biden is the establishment. Biden was part of the Obama administration. He was, he's been part of the foreign policy establishment for, for decades. Now George, Joe Biden says that we didn't go to Afghanistan for nation building, which means I think the American establishment realized that this interventionist foreign policy, which the United States had pursued over the last 20 years, had backfired and it didn't serve America's critical, realist uh, national security and foreign policy interests. So they are trying to reinvent their foreign policy priorities. So the withdrawal from Afghanistan, I think, is part of this. I, I, I genuinely believe that it's part of a larger doctrine. But the problem, as we pointed out earlier, is that it may be uh, having other consequences, such as strengthening China or strengthening the anti-American alliance within the continental Asia. Right. Okay, Stanley. So let's stay with this contradiction uh, for some time more. The next question this raises is now you you you, you beautifully established why this entire focus on uh, on shall we say the Muslim majority uh, regions of uh, the Middle East has been a focal point of American foreign policy for a long time with its attendant consequences in terms of the war on terror and so on. And, and that was not really serving their realist uh, national security objectives. And therefore, there is now a shift towards uh, Indo-Pacific and East Asia. Now, if you're withdrawing from uh, the Muslim majority countries uh, zone, uh, does this now, uh, especially in the case of Afghanistan, open the gates for China's uh, 
belt and road initiative to sort of take off and if it does and if the chinese are able to build let's say a pipeline from iran all the way to china through afghanistan the wakhan corridor and all these people have been talking about it does this then undermine the strategic objectives of quad which is also sort of uh, aimed at uh, applying pressure on chinese uh, routes supply line shipping routes which pass from west asia through the indian ocean via malacca straits to the south china sea now what will the quad uh, be able to achieve when china is able to sort of counter this through a land route across uh, through afghanistan yeah so let's look at this this issue from an indian point of view to answer this question because uh, india is a member of the quad initiative and we've been reading lots of strategic assessment written by you know strategic analysts both in the west and in the east saying that india is expected to play a critical role in america's whatever uh, china containment strategy and i i have also seen uh, assessments asking india to play a bigger role uh, as a maritime power Uh, so that india can if china is messing with you on your himalayan border you should do the same in uh, in the seas uh, with the chinese so take the battles uh, to the chinese shores so that's what uh, one argument is that so quad is uh, quad is also is in the very early stages now uh, because uh, yeah the china the china the american china geopolitical contest is still unfolding so quad is in the very early st- stages but still what the united states wants i think in the long term is to strengthen quad and make it as a bulwark against china in the seas so that's why all uh, four countries in the quad uh, you know uh, other two uh, one the united states is far away uh, japan and australia are islands and india is the only continental power with uh, you know access to the with 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 a long coastline so basically this is the strategy uh strategy of the quad strategy but the problem is that here with the americans going from afghanistan and taliban coming back to power in kabul and taliban being you know propped up by pakistan and pakistan is your main rival in south asia uh india is facing a dilemma now so what should india do now because if you want to address the afghanistan challenge because the afghanistan challenge means it is multifaceted you have invested over 3 billion made investments or made commitments to invest uh, worth uh, 3 billion dollars in afghanistan over the last 20 years you have established a huge diplomatic presence in that country and uh, you have cultivated links with various political stakeholders in the country and afghanistan it was expected to play a major role in your central asian um, you know um, game plan and also you don't want the taliban regime to host and the india terrorist organizations uh, such as uh, you know uh, jaish e mohammed or uh, lashkar e taiba they enjoy very deep ties with the taliban that go back uh, to the mujahideen days so india has critical interest in afghanistan and you also don't want afghanistan to be a pawn of pakistan which is your rival so you face these critical challenges in uh, central asia and to address these challenges you have to work with other countries in the region including china and russia with russia you have a very you know you have historic partnership with russia or with iran you enjoyed very good ties with iran which you compromised uh, because the americans didn't like you to deepen your strategic engagement with the iranians 
you compromised on that in the past but now india is facing this on the one side uh, the question is whether you should join this quad strategy of containing china of improving your relationship with the united states and two island countries and you know uh, whose uh, larger strategic goal is of course they would not say that in their you know official communics but we all know that uh, the the main strategy of the quad is to contain china so you you should do that whether you should do that or on the other side the american uh, withdrawal has actually you know um, deepened your uh, uh, dilemma uh, in in terms of uh, uh, the continental asia because your the continental realities are now starting to bite you back so uh, i think this is the problem which india which is uh, supposed to be a critical player in quad is facing uh, in the uh, in the new uh, uh, afghanistan so i think this is the problem which the united states would also be facing so india has to make some tough choices here whether you should engage the central asian countries whether you sh you should talk with china whether you should find some space in afghanistan to continue to protect your interests whether you should engage the taliban uh, you know uh, exploring the possibility of the taliban's autonomy from pakistan so that you can maintain some kind of strategic influence in afghanistan or you should completely abandon uh, taliban uh, to the chinese influence and then you should join the other side so this is the challenge i think india would also be facing so yes i think the united states focus would of course be now uh, to uh, uh, you know focus would be on china now that they have lost afghanistan now that they know that this anti us uh, alliance is taking shape so uh, uh, which also frees them up from continental asia they can now on the other side they can now focus on china but the problem is there is this you know in the in the in the uh, perception battle the united states has taken a beating so we don't know how this is going to impact america's uh, you know power not on the hard power in terms of hard power the united states stays the world's most important most powerful military force but how the change of this perception is going to impact america's overall power projection we have to wait and see Speaking of uh, America's uh, power projection, uh, Stanley, uh, Biden has spoken of uh, an over-the-horizon counter-terrorism capability uh, that will still exist regardless of the fact that they have withdrawn from Afghanistan. Now, what does he mean by over-the-horizon counter-terrorism capability and, and does it, will it really work? So, there were reports in American media that uh, the Americans were looking for, uh, you know, establishing some kind of a base for the CIA. either in pakistan or in central asian countries so central asian countries means i think uh, tajikistan uzbekistan or turkmenistan so these three countries that share border with afghanistan uh, the problem is uh, as we discussed earlier pakistan has completely turned hostile it i think it's over the relationship between uh, pakistan and uh, and the united states the alliance the alliance is over the cold war alliance Uh, so Imran Khan and his national security advisor said that on the record uh, that uh, no we are not going to let the americans have a base in pakistan and then the next option for the united states was uh, to open a base in the central asian countries these three countries to open this you need to take it up with the russians so in the geneva summit which happened a few months ago uh, biden actually took this this issue up with uh, putin so wall street journal had a story a couple of days ago you know but the point is that you have to 
yeah the, the problem is america if if the united states finds russia uh, sorry finds china as its main rival there has to be some kind of strategic you know uh, reassessment which allows you to which should allow you to engage with russia more proactively but the united states is not able to do that at this point of time because for the americans russia is like pakistan for new delhi i mean it's it's this cold war mentality and they never recovered from that for the last four years they blamed putin for the americans uh, you know uh, electing donald trump as their president and then they imposed sanctions after sanctions on the russians and then now biden is going to geneva and asking putin for russia's permission to open uh, a military base in the in in one of the central asian countries so that the united states would continue to remain a player in afghanistan see you should look at this large picture and putin said no why should he agree to this you know from from a strategic point of view so that's what this uh, uh, journal report says putin said no and without the russian support i don't think any of the central asian countries would host the cia so the over the horizon uh, facility which the americans were planning to set up either in uh pakistan or in central asian countries it didn't work out so next i think is that the americans have their bases in the gulf uh in in uh in the uae in um qatar in bahrain uh, so they will have to operate from these countries which is far away actually they have to fly over uh, uh the persian gulf uh, you know which is uh, far away and uh, uh, come to uh, afghanistan Uh, so uh, the original over the horizon facility i think didn't work out now the practical solution uh, that's left with the americans is to work from one of their gulf bases if they wanted to continue their let's say air strikes i don't think it's happening i think after august 31st or they might revise the date by a couple of weeks because uh, because of the mess in kabul airport uh and then eventually the americans and the turks who are now providing security to the airport would hand over the airport to the taliban or the next afghan government which would be dominated by the taliban and once that's done i think the americans are done in afghanistan but even if they want to do something they would they will have to do it from one of their bases in the gulf so now uh, effectively i think the western powers are basically left with two options uh, if they want to exercise some kind of leverage over the taliban one is of course uh, aid and the other is uh, diplomatic recognition to their uh, government uh, do you think these are, these two are uh, adequate enough to exercise some kind of a moderating influence over the taliban i don't think so because uh, first of all i have I, i don't think the taliban have changed because i don't have any evidence to suggest the taliban have changed we have we have seen uh, mujahid's press conference where the taliban say that we have declared amnesty etc etc they had said the same in 1996 as well stanik sai who was then the deputy foreign minister of the taliban government in the in 1996 mohammad abbas stanik sai who is now the head of the political office he said the same things in 1996 he said that we are here for security we are here for stability we are here for respecting human rights according to islamic laws we won't hurt anybody we won't hunt anybody down that this is what he said in 1996 i think the taliban are saying the same thing now but there is there is a there is a, a one difference compared to 1996 is that the taliban are now planning to or they are now ready to engage with the world uh, the, the the other countries like say china russia iran etc etc so that they will do they are doing some kind of pr exercise now they will have to project some kind of moderation but we don't have any evidence to suggest that the taliban have fundamentally 
their ideology have transformed that's one thing so so secondly the western countries yeah they the americans have already frozen uh, funds parked in american central bank the afghan government's funds so they may be hoping that they could use that you know for some kind of leverage over the next taliban regime you know but the problem is that you see the world is no longer a unipolar world it is a multipolar world now and the us withdrawal from afghanistan would i think the most important effect on the global order of the american withdrawal is that it would expedite this evolution of the multipolar world so even if the talib even if the americans are holding back funds or holding back legitimacy for now even if the europeans hold back legitimacy for now i think the taliban would find other ways to operate they would find other partners to continue to rule you know to to rule over afghanistan and let's also look at the taliban they fought 20 years to reach this day i think they would be ready to wait for a longer period if they have to for legitimacy and recognition from these countries and uh, they are not uh, sanctions and other kind of issues the taliban are not going to bother because they are not going to contest any elections you know they are not going to win popular legitimacy through any kind of elections so they they captured kabul that's it they are going to rule it and yeah unless there are resistance there is a resistance afghans are rising up against taliban's dictatorship uh, you know religious theocracy etc etc otherwise the taliban are going to be there though, there in kabul so i don't think that whatever leverage the west now has in terms of money aid legitimacy recognition they are not strong enough to force changes on the taliban and the taliban have i think other options at this point of time and they are ready to wait and they, because they are playing a long game so one last uh, question stanley uh, so this uh, withdrawal what does it really signify uh, for the rest of the world there seem to be two opinions one seems to suggest that uh, america is now going to be perceived as an unreliable ally it may not uh, stand up when there is a uh, pressure coming and the other uh, opinion holds that the taliban's return uh, following the americans withdrawal only further underlines how the us continues to be indispensable now more than ever as a force for ensuring uh, democracy and human rights and so on so which opinion of the two do you think carries more weight see i have also seen assessments mostly by western writers strategic analysts saying that both americans withdrawal and as well as americans continuing to stay there would have been costly or then you know um, western media writing that the united states has decided within quotes to end its longest war etc etc um uh, so i would like to look at it this way the united states is the world's most powerful military force it went to afghanistan in 2001 and the taliban were ready to surrender at that time uh, rumsfeld george bush's defense secretary said back then that no we are going to defeat the taliban in every corner of afghanistan and then they continued the war uh, they uh, you know replace the taliban regime with a centralized let's say um, democratic government elections institutions everything uh, were in place after 20 years the united states reached an agreement with the taliban bypassing the afghan government without getting any concessions from the taliban towards a political settlement of the crisis without even getting a ceasefire and they agree they signed an agreement in return for assurances from the taliban that the taliban would not let 
transnational terrorist organizations use Afghan soil. That's it. And the agreement was signed. The United States agreed to withdraw its troops from Afghanistan and it's withdrawing. I call it defeat. This is the word I would use. I would say that, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's not a good thing that a force like Taliban, which is a medieval organization with modern weapons, defeating um, a country like the United States, let's say, but this is a defeat. The Americans were, or they failed to win, they failed to defeat the Taliban in Afghanistan. And that's why the Americans are withdrawing. It's not that the United States decided to uh, call it off. The United States was forced to call it off. So definitely this will have impact on, I mean, uh, yeah, as I said earlier, in terms of hard power, this is not going to change. The United States remains the world's most powerful country, the preeminent country or whatever you would like to call it. But in terms of perception, this would dent America's power projection. And that will have an impact. That will have, that will force allies to rethink, definitely. And uh, uh, that would uh, also prompt other countries, the rivals, uh, to act more assertively. Because, you know, countries like China, uh, they, they, they would be taking cues from these decisions, the American decisions, the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the chaotic scenes that's unfolding in Kabul. So they would take cues from this, uh, 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 this and then act quickly. So I think uh, for the rest of the world, I think how the global order, uh, which shape it would take, would depend on how the United States would act to regain the credibility it lost or how other countries like China and Russia would act to reassert themselves. So all these factors we have to wait and watch. So for now, what we can say with you know certainty is that I think... Um, uh, the decision would expedite the evolution of the global order into a multipolar world. So, yeah, several interesting uh, points to ponder there. The evolution of a multipolar world, American power projection getting dented, and the, of course, inescapable fact that it was not America's uh, decision to withdraw so much as uh, a forced move uh, that it was forced to undertake as a result of uh, circumstances on the ground. Uh, Stanley, thank you so much for sharing your insights and comments on this uh, issue with us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ambar. Thanks for having me here. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.